You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that out. Well, I feel like since this is Thursday's podcast, this should have everything to do with the preseason game that we've got, um, you know, to watch today. The issue with that is that it's been pretty well exhausted. In other words, what I probably should do is talk about who's playing and what we need to see from those guys, but how many times have we talked about that? And really, what what do we need to see? I mean, there's what do I want to see, that's for sure, that's a thing. What do we need to see from Romeo Dobbs? I don't know. Keep getting open. Don't drop passes. What do we need to see from Watson? I don't know. On the field. Ture. I don't know. It's nothing. It doesn't matter. He's not going to get on the team, and if he does, it's not going to be because of anything he does today. Same thing, man. What do we need to see from Devontae Wyatt? Nothing. Nothing. What would I like to see? Oh, we could talk about what I'd like. Dude, I got a wish list. I got a list a mile long. What I'd like to see. But if Devontae Wyatt goes out and get three sacks or doesn't make a single tackle, doesn't matter. I, there was just an article uh, Schneidman wrote, I think, for The Athletic. And um, Aaron Rodgers was talking to him and, and, and basically saying, like, just relax. It's going to take time. And Matt LaFleur made a comment that he doesn't know that there's a more difficult position to learn when you come into the league than defensive tackle. And you know what? I believe that. You know why I believe that? Do you remember what I told you about rookie defensive tackles? How almost none of them, none of them, none of them grade out well? Zero? Again, 2021, highest graded defensive tackle, Davion Nixon, 66 overall grade. That's it. Only 11 out of 29 graded above 50s or higher. Got Got out of the 40s. 18 out of 29 were below 50s. 24 out of 29 were below 60. And that's not to say, well, I guess DTs just suck. Some of these guys will figure it out, but nobody did as a rookie. Not one. The year before, it was just Justin Matabuike and my man Raekwon Davis are the only two that had a 70 or higher overall grade. And the highest was a 71.1 of the guys that actually played a significant amount of snaps. Aaron Crawford, who played 21 snaps, had a 72 overall grade, but that doesn't clearly doesn't count. And again... Nine out of 35 had a 60 or higher overall grade. It's a very, very difficult position to learn. They, they even talked about, I don't know if it was, I think it was Rodgers, mentioned to Devontae Wyatt, it took uh, Kenny Clark a while for it to click. So I don't need to see anything preseason week three. I don't. There's a lot of things I'd like to see. But even reading the article, you realize how far away he is mentally from understanding things. And, and we've already heard from Rodgers how just about every single player, it's not until year three, maybe it was LaFleur, I don't know, it's not until year three that they kind of really actually understand what they're supposed to do. Until then, you're talented, 
You could probably win some stuff based on traits and limited understanding, but actually fully understanding? Nah. But by the way, that's exactly why wide receivers are coming into the league and dominating so well, as, as, as has been pointed out, because they're s- doing so much work. The summer leagues and everything else, they have more experience than any other position coming in. So anyways, kind of beside the point, but what do we need to see? Nothing really. There are certain things that certain guys need to do, but most of it's probably going to be special teams. And 95% of it's probably already settled. So I'm not really taking week three as a need to see thing. It's, it's more of a want to see thing. I would like to see progress. I would love to see Christian Watson on the field. I'd love to see Romeo Dobbs just absolutely shred. I would love to see something from Amari Rogers as a wide receiver. Massively hopeful that Zach Tom has another good day. Three straight great weeks, and again, I don't know that they can keep him off the field. Love to see Devontae Wyatt have an impact. Love to see Quay Walker make more of an impact, although again, doesn't super matter. I'd love to see more pass rush than last week. There was almost none from a group that's, and I know they're backups, but still, been hearing over and over and over again, nobody can stop this pass rush. Nobody can stop it. Nobody can stop Well, there really was none last week. Very, very little. So anyways, what I would like to talk about is at least getting the process started of looking at a 53-man roster because there's so many questions that I can't really answer without delving into the full thing. For example, how many wide receivers do we keep? I don't know. I don't know because I don't know how many defensive tackles, edge rushers, linebackers, corners, safeties, tight ends, offensive linemen, etc. that we keep. I don't know. I don't know how many spots are available. And um, I'm not doing the whole thing right now because there's we're not to that point, but I want to at least take somewhat of a cursory look at it. I want to kind of go through and look at the different positions and sort of the different situations. The first thing I wanted to mention, though, is I've been wrong about what the practice squad rules are. I don't know what I was reading before, but it was it only told half the story. And I still am not 100% sure that I understand it, but 16 players you can keep. 10 of them, and the reason why I'm hesitant to even um, go over it again, is because I read these article summaries and then I read what um, the NFL actually put out. I'm like, I don't know, I feel like you're missing stuff. Let me, let me read it. Practice squad shall consist of the following players. Players who do not have an accrued season of NFL experience. That's number one. An accrued season is six games that you've played. Not started necessarily, but you've played. And exactly, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that means dressed. And then I go back and look at stats and I'm like, well, is it recording when you dressed or when you went on the field? I don't, I don't, I don't even know the answer to that question. Like, obviously on PFF, if you don't step out on the field, you don't get registered. So I don't look at PFF. So I look at Pro Football Reference. Well, do they keep track of how many games you... I, I'm, I'm assuming they keep track of how many games you started. Or, or, well, I know they keep track of games you started. Do they keep... I don't know. So anyways, moving on. Free agent players who are listed on the active list for fewer than nine regular season games during their only accrued seasons. So this one took me a while to figure out. First of all, it keeps referencing free agents, which threw me off until I realized you can't put them on a practice squad until they become a free agent. So they're just referencing... Just forget free agent. They're putting words in there that are just confusing things. Players who are on the active list for fewer than nine regular season games during their only accrued season. So no accrued seasons or one where you played or dressed nine games because the rule is six, less than six. So really all it's saying is we're upping the number from six to nine because it's half the season. So either you have none at all or you have one, but you played less than nine games in that one. Okay, so that's, that's where we got so far. Bullet point number three here or whatever. 
a maximum of 10 free agent players per club who have earned no more than two accrued seasons, with such players having no limitations as to the number of games on the game day active list in either of those seasons. Now, that seems to kind of contradict things, but there is a maximum of 10. So I guess that means you can have 16 players with no accrued seasons or one but less than nine. Only 10 with no more than two accrued seasons, and then a maximum of six with no limitations as to their number of earned accrued seasons. So all of that nonsense to say, of the 16 players, 10 of them can have two accrued seasons. I don't know what the point of saying no accrued seasons is. 10 of them can have two accrued seasons or less. Six of them have no restrictions. At first, I thought that that was kind of weird because I was like, well, wait a minute. Does that mean you can put Aaron Rodgers on the practice squad? Because in a sense, it, it really seems like they're just expanding, which I know is what Brian Gutekinds has said, but it's getting to the point of being kind of silly. But here's the thing. The answer to that question is no, you can't put Aaron Rodgers on the practice squad. Why? Because somebody will snag them. So this is an example of the NFL put in place rules that didn't need to exist. They're trying to prevent really good players from being stashed on the practice squad, but real good players are never going to be stashed on the practice squad because they will be stolen. So that barrier doesn't need to be there. So essentially, the only players that you can't have on the practice squad in the back of your mind are the players that you know will never survive getting cut and, and being activated back on the practice squad. So all of the starters, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, uh, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, Kingsley and Agbar, maybe Caleb Jones. I don't know. He'd, he'd probably be all right. But what it also means is if you wanted to, you could add a guy like Travis Fulgham to the practice squad. Will he necessarily survive? I don't really know. But if you're going to cut him anyways, why not? You can cut him. And if he survives, you add him to your practice squad as one of the six that you're allowed to stash. So anyways, that's the lens I kind of want to look at this uh, when we go through the roster the first time. Um, who are the guys that are 100,000% getting locked up or, or, or the, the general odds? And then sort of looking at the practice squad, it's not even worth saying eligibility because it sounds like pretty much anybody's eligible these days. But likelihood, I guess. Fortunately, quarterback could not be any easier. Rodgers and Jordan Love will be on the 53. Danny Etling will be put on the practice squad. There's really nothing debatable about that. The only question would be, well, would they use a, a practice squad spot on Danny Etling? Yes, because you need a quarterback on there. And unless they got somebody else they have their eyes on, but if they did, they would have gotten him by now. So Danny's going to be the guy. What if somebody steals him? That's not... You got to remember, too, we, we always massively overestimate our own guys, right? Like, we can't put Samori Ture on the practice squad because he's so good someone's going to steal him. Nobody's going to steal that guy. I'm sorry. I know you like him. I know he caught, like, two passes in training camp, and that's exciting. Nobody, because they have to put him on their active roster, 53-man roster, a guy that has never set foot on their facility, that they've never worked out with, they've never had in the locker room, doesn't know anything about your, your playbook, nothing. You're going to activate him on your 53-man roster? I mean, listen, maybe the Bears are so desperate <laughs> that they would consider something like that, but th th there's just, there's no way in my mind. There's just no way. I'm not 100%, but I am like 99.99%. Samori Ture will survive and end up on the practice squad. And we do that with every, we do that so often. They'll never make it. They'll never make it. Caleb Jones, he'll never make it. He looked really good like those five times he went out and blocked. I know it's more than that. I'm being sarcastic, but, and, and so somebody's going to activate him and make him a starting tackle and we're going to, da, 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 da. dude, he's a rookie undrafted free agent. Okay. I, maybe we'll put him on the active roster. It's entirely possible, but I don't think they will. 
I think they're going to cut him and then bring him back on the practice squad. And I think he'll survive that ordeal. Rashid Walker, same thing. No way, Rashid Walker, he's amazing. Okay, he lasted until the seventh round. He was almost an undrafted free agent. He's been hurt this whole process. Okay, we're not going to carry him on our, on our active roster. I don't think anyone's going to take him. I think we're going to put him on the practice squad, and I think he'll be just fine there. Just like we did with Yash for how many years? You know, the def- all three defensive tackles, Jonathan Ford, Akil Byers, Chris Slayton. Oh, no way. No way they'll survive. They're too good. All right, just relax. <laughs> Nobody else is impressed, okay? I'm sorry. Maybe somebody ends up getting stolen, but we, we just, we way too massively overestimate our own guys. Now, maybe a guy like Jawan Winfrey wouldn't survive. Maybe. I don't know. That may be a wait and see thing, because again, if he's not going to make it on your active roster, then you let him go and you hope and pray that he survives. And if he does, you bring him back. If not, then I guess it was just never meant to be. But at least that's a guy that's proven to be somewhat productive, has NFL experience. But even that is like 50-50 in my mind. I mean, just look at the guys who have already been cut. Some of the bigger names than the guys I've listed that already been cut from rosters and still don't have a home. Marcel Aitman, Auden Tate, Geronimo Allison, Tavon Austin, Daz Newsome. I mean, Malik Taylor, who we just cut. And that's just wide receivers. And I mean, and there's, there's like a hundred of them that are floating around that just got cut. Just wide receivers. So anyways, again, quarterback, very simple. Running back Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon are obviously locked up. Um, Kylan Hill is on pup, so we're not going to consider him for the 53 at this particular point in time. So really, it's down to Tyler Goodson, Patrick Taylor, Dexter Williams. I'm quite positive all three of them would probably survive and make it onto the practice squad. I know Tyler Goodson, he's the greatest thing that's ever happened to anybody ever, but I think he'll make it. He'll be fine. So we don't have to worry about anybody getting poached. Now, at some point, we do have to worry about how many guys, because if we're looking at it saying there's three, four wide receivers and a quarterback we want, we're a quarter of the way filled up with our practice squad, and we haven't even gotten past two positions yet. So obviously, we're going to have to be a little bit more selective, but I'm just saying in general. Now, again, my assumption, Patrick Taylor ends up staying on the 53. Tyler Goodson goes on the practice squad. Dexter Williams gets cut and just let go. And the reason I think that is because, again, they've already told us RB3 is going to be for special teams, and I think that's going to be Patrick Taylor's job. If, let's say, A.J. Dillon goes down and they're very concerned that Patrick Taylor will never be a good running back, which they weren't last year, they let him run and he did fine, then you could possibly bring, I mean, you're going to bring up Tyler Goodson anyways, but you could bring him up and possibly elevate him even above Patrick Taylor. And then you got Goodson who's running the ball and Patrick Taylor stays as a special teams guy. Doesn't matter, but either way, that makes the most sense to me. It doesn't make sense to put the special teams guy on the practice squad where he can't do anything and then bring the better runner in here um, to never run because he's the third best runner and he's going to sit on the bench and he doesn't contribute on special teams. That doesn't make any sense. So I know everyone's hyped up about Tyler Goodson, but it just, unless he can learn to be better on special teams, it doesn't make any sense. He's not going to help the team in any capacity in any way. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are the running backs. Number three running back is the special teams guy. Um, Looking at the tight end position, it honestly seems pretty straightforward to me that it's going to be Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuire, and Tyler Davis. That, that seems painfully obvious. The, the only potential ripple in that would be if they decide that Tyler Davis isn't really ready for the big time and they try to stash him, which again, shouldn't really be that big of, of a, an issue in my opinion. But I think they do like him, and I, and I think they realize that if they can get the most out of Tyler Davis, it can be something kind of special. And if they can't, then he sucks, but he doesn't play and whatever. 
but four tight ends is not unusual, and so that would make sense to uh, to carry those four. But you know Tunyon, Mercedes, and Josiah are locked into those spots. And then it really just comes down to assuming Tyler Davis is on the active 53-man roster, who among the Sal Canella, Alizé Mack, and Nate Becker group would end up being on the practice squad? Assuming they keep a practice squad tight end, I would assume they do. Offensive line, again, it seems relatively clear to me. There's just a couple kind of things I'm unsure about. Um, Obviously, the starting five, Bakhtiari, Runyon, Myers, Newman, Jenkins. The next most valuable person, I would assume, on this entire team is Yash Nyman. Now, again, there, there is that weird thing where maybe they have enough confidence in guys like Zach Tom that they try to do something, but I, I just I don't think so, especially before we're even back to full strength, and he's basically a starting tackle right now. This is maybe one of those things that next year you start to look at that where, you know, Elton and David Bakhtiari are full strength, and Zach Tom's taking a step, and we got Caleb, and who knows about Walker. Wouldn't really need him. But I think you add Yash, Zach Tom is automatic, Jake Hansen is automatic, Sean Ryan, you probably have to carry just because he's a third-round pick, and you know you don't want to risk losing a third-round pick by trying to stash him. That puts us at nine. Somewhere between nine and ten is pretty standard for our offensive line. Caleb Jones is certainly an option, but I don't know. Michael Minette, I don't think, really has any chance. Whether they try to stash him or not, I don't know. Rasheed Walker, again, that's an auto stash. It's not even a question in my mind. And I, I, I genuinely believe Caleb will end up being a practice squad guy, which will be good for us. Having only nine offensive linemen instead of the 10th gives us an opportunity to stash an extra guy somewhere else. And I I think they have enough confidence in this. Now, to be clear, I don't know the exact situation with everybody's health. Maybe that is somewhat of a concern, but I still doubt it because let's say Jenkins is back and Bakhtiari isn't. Okay, we still got Yash and we still have Zach Tom as a backup to him. But I think they really like the guys that they have, including the backups. I think they have, you know, Yash and Zach Tom are two really good tackle options. And then Jake Hansen can play anywhere along the interior, and I think Zach Tom probably can play on the interior as well. Sean Ryan's also there. Hopefully he can kind of become a little bit better at what he does. There's just so much flexibility, especially with guys like Royce Newman. You know, if you need an extra tackle, he's a tackle. But I don't see a need to stash Caleb or to put Caleb Jones on the active roster. I just, I don't really see that as being necessary. He's a nice developmental piece. Keep working on him. Definitely want to keep him around, but we don't need to carry him. Um, Defensive tackle, I've been locked into this since day one, and I really haven't moved off of it. I think six is a is a very good number. That's what they do almost, I mean, the last three years in a row, I think they've done six. We got Kenny, uh, Jaron Reed, Dean Lowry. We got Devontae Wyatt and TJ Slayton. Those are 100% locked in. That's five. Jack Heflin was there last year. I think he's probably the best of the group left. I don't see why we wouldn't do it. We're not going to lose Jonathan Ford if we cut him and try to bring him back. Same is true of Chris Slayton or Akil Byers if we decide to keep any of those guys. I'm not saying it's impossible. Maybe they're looking at Jack Heflin like we gave it a shot. We know he doesn't necessarily have it, so why don't we give somebody else a shot? We'll see if Jonathan Ford can do it. He's, he's as good as Jack. Maybe we can continue to develop him. He can be better than Jack. We can let Jack go and then stash somebody else. It's possible. I just kind of doubt it. You know, for example, rather than let's play Jack, stash Ford, and then cut Slayton and Byers, just as an example. Maybe we play Ford, stash Slayton, cut Jack and Akeel. That way we've got two new guys that maybe can be good football players as opposed to, you know, Jack, who we don't think is going to be any better than he has been. But it's relatively minor. I don't see them keeping five. I don't see the benefit of keeping seven, although they possibly could. But it just seems straightforward to me. 
Um, Edge is pretty tricky because um, we know three guys 100%, Rashawn Preston and Kingsley, 100%. I'm about 98% on Garvin, so that would be four. We generally keep four or five. So maybe we're done at that, but I really think we're going to keep one more, and I just don't know if it's Tipa or Hamilton. There's, there is also Kobe Jones. I know he's made some plays. I think that's probably good enough to get him stashed, maybe. Um, but I, I don't really know, and I'm, I'm quite confident he's not going to be on the 53. So I really think it's Rashawn Preston, Kingsley, and uh, Garvin, and then probably one more between Tipa and Hamilton. Linebacker is also tough, but maybe not super tough. It just depends how many we want to keep. But uh, we know Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker, that's two. We're going to keep, I think last year it was five. The last two years before that, it was four. Before that was five. Before that was three. So somewhere between three and five. Similar to Garvin, I'm like 95% sure Chris Barnes is number three. So we've at least got three, and we probably need to find at least one more. I'm quite confident that guy is Isaiah McDuffie. But now my level of certainty is dropping because, number one, I'm not sure that we're going to keep more than, more than that. Although we probably will now that we're looking to play more two-linebacker. If we're sw- switching our defense, it's becoming much more important that we have you know, backups. So we probably do need at least four. And it's not impossible that it's five. And I think if it's five, it's going to be Ray Wilborn. I think Ty Summers is gone no matter what. Could be wrong about that. If, he's a, if they really like him on special teams, then I'm way off. I don't know. That's what makes a lot of this so hard. I mean, I can look at the PFF grades, but that doesn't give me the the full picture of what the Packers think. Not just because I don't trust the grades 100%, which is partially true, but also because the grades, you know, for example, if a guy makes a tackle, it's good for his grade. But it doesn't tell me, the grades don't tell me how much are they comprehending what they're being asked to do. Don't know that. The Packers know that. The coaching staff knows that. I don't know that. PFF doesn't know that. And that's a major factor in who's going to end up staying and who's going to go. Which, to be honest, is part of the reason why I've been avoiding the whole 53 thing, because there's certain questions I just, I'll never be able to answer, the, the bottom part of this whole 53. But again, I have to at least kind of start to get a general idea, so I have a general framework for what kind of makes sense and what kind of doesn't in terms of, again, when people say, how many wide receivers do we keep? It kind of helps a little bit to have a more, um, just, just a better answer. So anyways, uh, moving on through the roster, as I said, Quay, Campbell, Barnes, probably McDuffie, that would be four, and then I would assume Stash, Ray, Cut, tie. That's, that's my thought off the top of my head. Again, this, isn't, this is sort of rough draft number one. Then you can kind of go through and fine-tune as you go. Um, corners, Jire Stokes, and Razul. I think Shamar Jean Charles is locked in as that number four corner. I understand the whole weird thing with Douglas to safety. I don't really want to address that yet. There is a potential issue with Savage. Maybe that becomes serious and he gets put on pup. I don't know. But I'm I'm trying not to get too far into the weeds and just focus on the simple stuff right now. Jair Stokes and Douglas. Shamar is number four. And I believe um, when we saw Douglas go to safety, immediately Nixon stepped into that slot role. So I think he's sort of the number two slot. So I think he's locked into that spot. So that's five guys I'm pretty confident in. But we need at least six. There's been been between, I believe, six and eight. And again, this is where things get really tough. And you're going to want to look at snap counts like we've been doing the last couple of days. You're going to want to look at things like special teams contributions and that kind of stuff. Not doing that right now. But the, the crazy thing is we're at five. If we keep all the rest, that's eight. So it's between one, two, and three of the remaining three are going to be left. Um, 
you would think it's it's probably going to be Rico because of special teams. They've used him a ton on returns. He's got the speed that intrigues them. Plus, similar to Tyler Davis, I think they realize he's he's um, kind of a, a bit of a project, changing positions and whatnot. So it's going to take him a little bit of time. But I think they like what they see. So it kind of just brings us down to KB Ento and Keandre Thomas. My gut says if we're keeping more, it would be Ento just because he's been around for a long time. But sometimes that works against you. Sometimes it's like, I think we've squeezed every bit of, of whatever we can out of Ento. We know what we've got. Let's see what we got in Keandre. But again, you can stash Keandre. Technically, you can stash Ento too, I believe, because there's basically no rules anymore. But again, there's five that I'm very confident in. Jair Stokes, Douglas, Shamar, and um, Keyshawn Nixon. I'm more confident in Shamar than Nixon, to be clear, because it's entirely possible that Nixon just so happened to be the number two in practice on the day that they decided to do all those things. But I think he's he's been sort of my number two slot guy for a while. That was my assumption that that's what he was. Plus, he was brought in for special teams help and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I feel like he's pretty safe. But it really just comes down to Gafford Ento and Keandre Thomas, who stays, who goes, et cetera, et cetera. And again, my next most confident would be Gafford. That would put us at six, which is a minimum. It's a minimum, but it's also what we've done the most uh, often. I, I looked over the last five years. Three out of the last five was six, but then once we did seven, once we did eight, eight. So maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, safety, Amos, a- Amos, Amos and Savage. I would think we'd keep at least four. Sean Davis seems a pretty safe bet, considering he was the guy that stepped into the void. Um, he seems to be the next man up. Again, I understand maybe Douglas is the next man up. That's a whole other situation, but... Davis certainly seems to be that guy. Beyond that, my assumption would be Dallin Levitt. I haven't seen him a ton as far as actually stepping in as a safety, but I know he was brought in for special teams. Whether or not he's actually performing, I don't know. But um, considering I don't, you know, I mean, if you, if you look at the rest of the guys, maybe Ennis Gaines makes sense, but Tariq Carpenter hasn't shown really anything. Not a big deal. He's a rookie seventh-round pick. I'm not trying to trash the guy. I'm just saying I, I don't think there's been enough um, either on defense or special teams, to say he has to stay. Devontae Cross has been here for five minutes, and Micah Abernathy is phenomenal. But I don't know that one special teams is enough to say, okay, we're going to take him over a guy like Sean Davis or Dallin Levitt. Because remember, that he's probably not going to actually be playing, so it's a major point of emphasis to look at special teams. But then on top of that, you got Pat O'Donnell, Jack Coco, Mason Crosby, who presumably will be back week one. If he's not, then it's Ahmed Ramirez, at least until Crosby comes back. So it's not a big deal either way. We basically know who they're going to be. So point is, if we look at it and say Rodgers love, Lazard, Watkins, Cobb, Dobbs, Watson, Rodgers, Amari, that is, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Patrick Taylor, Tunyon, Lewis, DeGuara, Davis, Bach, J.R.J., Myers, Royce, Jenkins, Tom, Hanson, Ryan, Newman, Kenny, Lowry, Reed, Slayton, Wyatt, Heflin, Rashawn, Preston, Kingsley, Garvin, and then let's just say Tipa because I don't know who, but we're just going to pick one. Quay, Campbell, Barnes, McDuffie, Jair, Stokes, Douglas, SJC, Nixon, Gafford, Amos, Savage, Davis, Levitt, and then the three special teamers, which is kind of just spitballing it off the top of the head. Like this is kind of what it seems like, good amount of numbers, good amount of players. That puts us at 52. So we get to put one back. So... In contention, we have, at wide receiver, Winfrey or Ture. Um, Along the offensive line, Caleb Jones. Goodson at running back. Seems unnecessary, but if you wanted to stash four. Um, Defensive tackle, you could add Ford. As I said, you could do um, 
seven defensive tackles if you wanted to, or Slayton or Byers or whoever. Edge, you could add Hamilton, possibly Kobe Jones, whatever, but I'm going to say Hamilton. Um, at linebacker, probably Wilborn. And again, it seems like, well, obviously I'd rather have uh, Ford or Hamilton or Caleb Jones or just, you know, Toure, Winfrey, guys that I like more. But remember, it's, it's, yes, we like Winfrey as a wide receiver more than we like Wilborn as a linebacker. But do you like Winfrey sitting on the bench more than you like Wilborn contributing on special teams? That's kind of the question because we're, we're not comparing things rightly because we're assuming Winfrey's going to be out there playing plays and he's not. So Wilborn is a consideration here. Cornerback, probably Ento. And then for safety, maybe probably Gaines. But I like the 52, and I'm, I'm comfortable with the 52, and it's just a matter of where do we go from here. And again, there's not a ton to really debate. You know, I think quarterback is set. I think wide receiver is set, at least insofar as these are the guys. Can we add one more? Sure, but these are the guys. Running back is mostly set. I'm fairly confident it's Taylor over Goodson, but who knows if it is or isn't. I don't know. Tight end seems largely set. Maybe they drop Davis. And by drop them, I mean try to stash them or whatever, and then we could add someone somewhere else. But it seems fairly straightforward, Tanyan Lewis to Guara Davis. Offensive line, there's almost no debate about any of this, I don't think. Again, we could add Caleb Jones, but just in terms of the guys that we have here, that's for sure the guys. And I can't think of a single person on the list of nine between Bakhtiari, Runyon Myers, Royce, Jenkins, Tom, Hansen, Ryan, and, and Nyman that you would even consider getting rid of. Defensive tackle basically locked up. It's just, you know, maybe Heflin could be replaced. Maybe, but very comfortable with it. So I'm, I mean, across the board, you know, again, Tipa and Hamilton, maybe you could swap out, but largely feels set in stone. Linebacker feels basically 100% set in stone. So the first thing I'd want to do is look at the guys that I have capped here on the 52 and see, is there anything else to consider swapping? We could always add, but let's look at swapping first. But I think before we kind of get into the fine-tuning a little bit, we should probably just take a break here. Again, if you'd like to support this podcast, it would be greatly appreciated. You could do so at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you feel so inclined, you can call in for Packernet After Dark 608-501-0718. call in and leave a message. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so real quick, want to look through these things before we uh, get to, you know, wrapping her up. But the first thing right out of the gate is, is there anybody that is off the list right now that was a strong contributor to our special teams last year? Because that's, you know, we can look at this year and we will, but last year was, first of all, regular season. Second of all, much larger sample size. Starting just from left to right on the sheet that I have here at wide receiver, Jawan Winfrey. Juwan Winfrey was not. Um, he ranked 31st in terms of his actual contributions uh, in terms of snap counts. Malik Taylor was used more, and he's not on the team. Um, Amari Rogers was used more. Equinemius was used more. So he was not a major contributor. And in terms of his abilities, he ranked 48th out of 61. So not super great. He's not a not that they wouldn't use him, just he didn't do much very well. Uh, Ture and Goodson obviously are not in consideration here. There is also Dexter Williams to consider, but if you really quick look at his special teams, he had a 28 overall grade when he was with the Packers in 2020, so probably not going to be a thing. Um, Ture Goodson, Caleb Jones, a lot of guys that haven't been here before, Ford, Slayton, Kobe Jones. Uh, Ladarius Hamilton last year only played six snaps in the special teams, didn't really, I mean, it was a positive grade, so that's great, but um, nothing super standy outy there. I said what I said. Now, Ty Summers is worth considering here. Um, Again, I've basically written the guy off because he's been the least contributor, whatever. However, he was the ninth highest graded special teamer we had last year out of 61. Not the greatest grade in the world, uh, 65.8, but still, that's good enough to be top 10. Just ahead of Chris Barnes. The only other linebackers that graded out higher, Oren Burks, who is gone, and Devondre Campbell, who's, you know, I don't know how much actual opportunities he's going to get. He played eight snaps last year. So in in reality, we could probably remove Sean Davis because he only played nine. Devondre only played eight. So if you bump tie up, he's going to go up to probably seventh. You know, the other two had limited sample sizes. So that is worth considering. Beyond that, and see, now, now I'm really starting to wonder, do you know who's taken more special team snaps this entire preseason than any player on this entire team? Ty Summers. I'm really, this is why you do this. I'm really starting to rethink this a little bit. Now, here's, here are the options. Coy and Campbell are locked. I still believe Barnes is a major part of this. He had good grades last year. Again, basically the same as, as Summers. So he's, he's also going to be a special teamer. The question is, do we just have five linebackers? Quay, Campbell, Barnes, McDuffie, and Summers? Or do we not put McDuffie on this list? I know he's done some stuff in on the defense, 
but he could be a a practice squad stash. And this is where building out a practice squad makes sense because if, if we're sitting at like 13 guys, it's like, yeah, we got plenty of space. We might as well. Something else to consider. <laughs> Ray Wilborn is the highest graded special teamer. Um, now, I don't think Ray Wilborn is going to make it, but it, it really complicates things. It really does. And to be clear, Ty Summers ranks 44th out of 56 guys. So he's not... According to PFF, I don't know, but according to PFF, he hasn't done much. But it's one of those things where you look at it and say, I think they like him. They used him a ton on special teams last year. He graded out well on special teams last year. They're using him more than anybody on special teams in the preseason right now. He seems to be a go-to special teams contributor. I don't think I can write him off. So as of right now, I'm just going to bump him up because that puts us at 53 and... um it just is what it is. I don't like it. I don't want five linebackers, but I'm kind of stuck. And as for McDuffie, I mean, he's been used, let's see. First of all, he ranks 43rd, just one spot ahead of Ty Summer. So basically the same grade, 58.3 overall. But he's used, he's been used half as many times. Ty Summer's 26 snaps, Isaiah McDuffie 13. So I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, if I have to drop somebody from the linebacker spot, which I very well could, and I'm not saying we have to completely get this nailed down today, but I don't know that McDuffie doesn't get dropped over Summers. And again, this isn't necessarily my preference, but I do think we got to remember it's not about who flashed as a linebacker on in, in the preseason games. We're talking about the number four linebacker. We're talking almost exclusively about special teams, and Summers seems to be heads and tails above McDuffie. Seems to be. I don't know. Beyond that, Isaiah McDuffie was used on two special teams reps this past week. Two. 11 week one, only two this past week. Ty Summers, nine week one, 17 times week two, and used on just about everything. Um, Isaiah McDuffie was this past week only on punt coverage and uh, the field goal block unit. Ty Summers has been on every single unit with the exception of field goal kicking. So not out there blocking on field goals, which obviously makes a lot of sense. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. Um, anyways, moving on to corners, Ento is currently off this list. Now he did not have any reps last year, so we can't look at last year, but right now, number one in special teams, as far as PFF grades. So again, kind of hard to keep him off. Um, in terms of his usage, he is ninth with 16 snaps. So not, uh, not the most, but they're certainly using him a decent amount. Keandre Thomas, interestingly enough, 18 snaps, which is more than Ento, and has a 67 overall grade and ranks sixth. So he's also a decent contributor on special teams. So, man, I, I boy, oh boy. <laughs> I mean, do I just drop McDuffie off the list and add Ento? And again, Keandre Thomas is actually the only guy on special teams with two tackles on special teams is Keandre Thomas. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I, I can't take the grades necessarily as gospel. Again, Keandre Thomas has two tackles. If he didn't make those two tackles, his grade could be in the 50s in terms of whatever else they're grading out there. In other words, he may have been quite bad, but also added the two tackles. Ento has a 78.8 overall grade, higher, way higher than anybody else. He only has the one tackle. But as it stands now, just looking at Barnes, Summers, and Ento, these are big special teamers, and that's going to be a pretty big emphasis. And yeah, we're missing out on McDuffie, but in to be completely honest, I don't think he's going to be a very good linebacker. I understand he was playing hair on fire and all that kind of stuff, but again, every time I watched Quay and didn't get to see anything, it's because the guy was running through McDuffie's hole, and Quay, you know, there's, there's nothing for him to do there. 
So I don't like it. I don't like that just going through this, I've already swapped out McDuffie for Summers, but I think that's what it has to be. Um, and again, I don't, I don't know about Ento necessarily. You know, there does need to be some level of competence as a corner, but when you're talking corner one, two, three, four, five, six, or corner number seven, you're not going to be on the field at all. You are a pure special teamer. If it gets down to Ento being on the field, things have gone crazy. And then uh, Innis Gaines last year, Played five snaps on special teams at a 60 overall grade. Uh, I believe he's been injured the whole time, so he doesn't have any snaps, which obviously is not going to work to his benefit. So I think we can probably safely keep gains off the list. So, um, you know, going through special teams, and, and, you know, I suppose you should look at some of the rookies and see what they've been able to do on special teams. But just in terms of rather than going through each of them, the, the higher graded guys... Um, Tariq Carpenter and Devontae Cross, the safeties, are on here. Again, not good grades, but higher than everybody else. 68.2 puts Tariq fourth. So that's something to consider. Patrick Taylor, we already have on for special teams purposes. Rico's already on here. A lot of these guys are already off the team. Jonathan Garvin is already on here. Uh, Tyler Davis actually has a 61 overall grade. He's 15th, but still, I'll, I'll take a 60 or higher at this point. In terms of snaps, Ty Summers, Ray Wilborn, Kobe Jones. Something to think about, I guess. I doubt they carry him on, but it's it's something. Um, interestingly enough, Alizé Mack is tied with Keandre Thomas for the fourth most snaps on special teams. I had asked the question previously, if we're going to stash somebody, who's it going to be? That might give Mack the uh, upper hand if they see him as a special teamer. Now, he has a 44 overall grade, which is pretty horrific, but they're trying to get some use out of him. Sal Canella, on the other hand, four snaps. He's one of the lowest, least used players on special teams. So again, that's more of a practice squad question than anything else. Micah Abernathy actually been used a decent amount. Again, poor grade, but there's that. There's Samori Ture. So there's there are several guys that have gotten a decent amount of usage, but it's kind of, you know, the difference between the 20th most and the third most is nine snaps. The The, the difference between you know, 22nd and 4th is 8. So it's it's all pretty similar. Chris Barnes at 22nd, uh, well, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, because they're tied, is 10. Keandre Thomas, 18. He's 4th. So I guess we could call this a preliminary 53. Just some of the guys I got sitting in the scrap pile. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 guys on the, on the uh, practice squad. So even with that, with uh, Etling, Hyman, Ture, Winfrey, Goodson, Caleb Jones, Ford, Slayton, Kobe Jones, Hamilton, McDuffie, Wilborn, Keandre Thomas, and Innis Gaines, we still have spots for two more guys. And I'm, I'm missing some guys. I, I Again, I haven't really tried. Rasheed Walker would need to be on there. That would be, so there's one more spot. But I'm not trying to build out a practice squad quite yet. I mean, it does help the overall process, but um, I mean, this this feels... This feels pretty solid to me. Um, again, there's there's a lot of stuff on the fringes that are questionable, but I would say 90% of this is is pretty close to 100% locked in. And again, I know everybody wants to add that other wide receiver, but again, why? Other than like we really like Ture and it's fun and it's exciting and it's another guy and we're worried about wide receivers or whatever, they're going to sit on the bench. So why? What do you want them out there for? You want them... Do you want... Samori Ture to be on the field so that, what, we can bench Dobbs? Everybody likes Goodson. Great, I do too. He's never going to play. 
they're not going to bench Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon for Goodson. Maybe like three snaps. I don't know when you know AJ Dillon stubs his toe, they'll give him a shot. I guess I don't know, but it's it's they're not going to play. Same with Caleb Jones. He's so good. I agree. I'm excited. Maybe he can be something in a couple years, but he's not going to play now. Ford and Slayton. Mm, yeah. If you really like Ford and you want to stump for him, that's fine. Because at defensive tackle, they will rotate to that degree. Same with Edge. If you like Hamilton over Tipa, then start banging the table, I guess. It, I don't know. And, th- and that's that's pretty 50-50 to me. But also, I again, at this point, I don't care that much. This is preliminary. But same with linebacker, right? McDuffie, doesn't matter. Not going to play. But uh, there you go. I didn't I didn't really plan on actually coming up with 53. If, if I couldn't quite get it, that was going to be fine. But again, I feel good with it. So real quick, I'm going to run through it. And then we'll, uh, we'll see where we're at with the question I posed on Patreon. And then we'll get out of here. But quarterback is Rodgers in love. Wide receivers, Lazard, Watkins, Cobb, Dobbs, Watson, Rodgers. Running backs, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Patrick Taylor. Tight ends, Tunyon, Lewis, DeGuara, and Davis. Offensive lineman, Bakhtiari, Runyon, Myers, Royce, Jenkins, Tom, Hansen, Ryan, Nyman. Defensive tackles, defensive line, whatever, Kenny, Lowry, Reed, Slayton, Wyatt, Heflin. Edge is Rajan, Preston, Kingsley, Garvin, and Tipa. Linebackers, Quay, Campbell, Barnes, and Summers. Cornerback, Jair, Stokes, Douglas, Shamar, Nixon, Gafford, and Ento. Safety is Amos, Amos, I did that twice now. I've never said Amos in my life, and suddenly Amos is like a thing. Amos, Savage, Davis, Levitt. I think it's because Savage is right next to it, and I'm reading two at the same time, because that's the only word near it that has the ah sound. It's like Amos, Amos and Savage. Amos, Savage, Davis, Levitt. And then special teams, Crosby, O'Donnell, and Coco. I'm assuming Crosby wins. There's been no competition for O'Donnell, and as far as I can tell, Coco's just the guy. So there you go. There's the uh, the old 53. Anyways, really quickly, um, just want to look at um, what I've done the last couple weeks, which is asking your opinion on the highest graded player as well as your hot take. Going over to Patreon, highest graded player, Amari Rogers, Zach Tom. Uh, Roger Davis says Zach Tom. Goose says it's time for the king to take his place on the throne of top graded. Love shreds the Chiefs for a 90 plus grade, 300 plus yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. As far as hot takes, and again, we'll review this after the game too. Aaron Nelson says, Amari will turn everyone into a believer. I wonder what that would take. I think he'd have to just have a big, just a big day as a receiver. I I guess just in general. If he has a a nice return, but he's got to catch at least three, at least three passes. One of them has to be a touchdown. One of them has to be a deep pass. It could be the same thing. It doesn't really matter. But if they're both the same thing, then you probably need to add in like a really nice grab. Roger says, Ryan is as tired of the preseason as I am. I'm still enjoying it, but I think the, the commentary around it is kind of drying up. You know what I mean? I still like the games. I'll watch preseason games. I'll watch 10 of these things. I don't care. I think they're fun. But um, there's just not much to talk about because obviously the games don't count. There's no implications. We're not talking about starters. So, you know, uh, Roger Davis adds, Zach Tom continues to impress, which I hope. And then Adam Fredrickson says, Jordan Love finally connects on a deep shot that goes for at least 50 yards and isn't dropped. Extra credit is going to be uh, Christian Watson. It's going to be Christian Watson that reels it in if he plays. I like that. Over on uh, the Twitters, Pet Liker says Watson gets two touchdowns. Tyler says that uh, Goodson's going to solidify the RB3 job. It's another one where I'm not sure what he could do that would make me buy that. I mean, if he just is out of this world good as a running back, then maybe, but again, oh my goodness, the noises. Again, 
It's a special teams gig. So unless he goes and starts catching kick returns and has a great kick return, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Davis has a breakout game. He did have his first ever good practice, so who knows? Uh, I, I do think he'll take a step forward in this game because if he li- if he sits on the bench, he will take a step forward in this game. And then Abernathy balls out again and will make the roster. I mean, I did ask for hot takes. These are all hot takes. Well, maybe not Davis, but that would be massive if Abernathy makes the roster. JJ says Myers turns in a second solid performance. Slayton tackles better, and Etling will cough up the ball. JJ is the biggest anti-Etling person on planet Earth. You can't stand that guy. Robin Adams says the Packers will play. So, yeah, we'll see. And then Goose says Dobbs will go five for 90 and two touchdowns. O-line gives up less than three pressures. Defensive line gets three sacks, two turnovers for the defense. There you go. That's all she wrote. Make sure you uh, tune in tonight, planning on doing another live stream. I can't 100,000% guarantee that, though. The only reason being it is my son's birthday, and if it is his desire that we don't do the live stream and we watch it upstairs, then that is what I will do. Um, if he's cool with watching it down here with me while I do the stream, then then we'll do the live stream. But I'll have to discuss that with him and see what he thinks. But anyways, you guys have a good night, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.